0: Good afternoon. Welcome back. Hi, (coughs) it's Heidi from Heidi's Road to Happiness. Well, I promised I'd be back, so here I am. Today we're going to go back and we're going to figure out some stuff. Start when we're small, right? But before we go there, the reason I thought we could go there is because when I left my husband after 34 years, I I didn't know who I was. I mean, I, I really tried to please people and do the right thing and and be me, and be the best me I could possibly be, but still very confused as to who I was. So, I sat down with my girlfriend, Lori, and we wrote a list. And it's uh, the 12 steps to finding Heidi. And I'll show it to you. Now, the reason it's framed is we left it at that. I left that paper at Lori's house. And just about, I don't know, maybe eight months ago, she said, you'll never guess what I found. Oh my god it's the list the list so i looked it over and you know what i i did it and i didn't have the list but i did what i needed to do to get here so i thought that'd be kind of a good place to start because even though i was trying to find myself when i was at the house with the family with the husband and the two kids my beautiful girls um I didn't have a lot of time to think about anything but surviving, getting through the day, making sure the bills were paid, doing everything that needed to be done, making sure everybody was good, getting food into people's stomachs, you know, the routine. That I didn't realize all these things that I didn't attend to on my own for me. By the time I left the house, I was going to have an elastic. See, I don't always have everything. But I had pulled and pushed myself so far that I was like, I was like this and ready to snap, but I didn't realize that. I just knew I was like, I got to do something. I got to get the fuck out of here or something. I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was very intense, intense feeling. I was scared to leave. I didn't want to leave. I mean, I signed up for the deal, right? Through thick and thin till death was part. And And I meant it and I tried, but everything I tried didn't work. So I had to leave, and with this list, when we look at it, the first two things is realization and acceptance. I had to realize what I was going through, because I didn't understand what was happening in my head, in my house, in my heart, in my eyes, with my, with my people. I didn't understand it at all. It was so confusing, and uh, I, I couldn't tell us apart. Like, I couldn't tell myself apart apart from my husband, the feelings, especially. And there's a reason for that and we'll get to that. But anyway, realization. So we have to go back to the beginning. Okay. And Lori was supposed to be in this one, but she couldn't make it. She sends her apologies and hopes to meet you next time. So I'm back to my cards cause I don't want to lose my train of thought. So we did that. Now we're going to go back. We're going to go back to the beginning now when we do that i'm not born yet we got to figure out you know who my parents are because really my parents are what helped make me who i am so we give a brief rundown so you have an understanding if things will come more clear and we'll get to, to deeper stuff but this is a long segment and i'm trying to get it all in in one shot here today mama came from a family of 13 raised in Scoble Township, that's tarp paper shack houses back out in the woods. And that's cool. Uh, there was 13 kids, grandma and grandpa. Grandpa was a mean son of a bitch and he had a cane and he knows, knew how to use it. Grandma was uh, the size of a broom and just kept dropping kids everywhere. It's real hard to run away when you've you got so many children. What are you going to do? Grandpa was very abusive, very abusive. Uh, For my mama, um, it's a sad case. This is where some things could be triggered. People, people, please be aware. This could be triggering. So if you don't want to watch anymore, turn it off. But my mama uh, was traded, I guess you would say. My grandpa was interested in, say that guy's name is George, in George's wife. So he sent my mama over at 12 to babysit. Well, uh, that George sent his wife over to see my grandpa. A trade so they would say. My mom sure as hell didn't understand what the hell was going on she was like pretty messed up after that and went home and told her mom said mom I was raped and my grandma says what do you think you're special? Like it happens every day like it's a piece of normal day in in the Scoble Township. So there begins my mama's story and then she meets my dad and she has a son after me, and he passed a CF. And um, when that time came, the nurse asked mama if she wanted to hold him, and he had already passed. And my mom was like, yes, I wanna hold my son. And my dad said, "No, let's go. So she she went. She didn't realize, as I didn't realize for a lot of my life, as you probably don't realize, She had a choice. She could have said, screw you, I'm holding my son. But she did not because he's the man. That's what we do, right? So that's Mama. And there's more. But, you know, well, you know, there is more. That's enough for now. Dad's side of the story, he come from Switzerland, man. Like, we come from Switzerland. And he's very proud of that fact. And he's very proud of being a Zollinger, as am I, as, as are all of us. But the fact of the matter is, that, um, yeah, he, he was um, raised in the old country. It was hard. It was tough. Grandma and Grandpa didn't get along either. And something happened in Switzerland. I think I know what it is, but I'm not saying because I don't have the definite. But when Grandma and Grandpa came here with their children, there was five, five children, one girl, four boys. I think four boys, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, they didn't talk. They weren't talking. And they bought a farm with well they moved in with people when they when they came to canada and i know dad and our family went to visit those people i think they were in winnipeg or outside of winnipeg i know we did visit them once and dad loved them for what they did and helped his family so um but anyway uh they they worked hard and there was some weird abusive stuff that grandpa would do and they were kind of they were as I'm going to talk a lot about held hostage. Because when we're born, we are held hostage in our in our environment. We we have no choice. We have no idea we have a choice. There's no option at that time. And that's okay, that's how everybody starts out. I guess kind of like the lottery, right? So we don't know. We don't know what's going on. We're just accepting. Sorry, I'm looking at my cards, shaking up the camera a little bit. So, all right, where do we go there? When we grow up now, I come into the picture, okay? And Mama's already lost her son. I'm a, I'm a year old, a year and a half, something like that. And um, Mom and Dad are still together. I mean, but Dad, when when uh, it came to burying Greg, their son, Dad said to Mom, "You can. I'm not coming down there. I guess I think he was in Toronto or something." And, and he said, I'm not coming down there, you, you bury him yourself. So once again, there's another, like my mom was just shattered and battered and broken and she's like, she before the marriage even started, I'm just saying, you know, so anyway, we're told when we're kids about fairy tales and we're all princesses and the prince is going to ride in on the white horse and he's going to save it and we're going to get married and it's going to be happily ever after for everyone. Right? The fairy tales, the fairy tales. And then you get the fairy tales with the weird stuff in it. When well, you got the, the wicked stepmom, and you got the witch over there and you got, well, that's life. It's not the fairy tale part. It, it could be if you can master and control and throw away all those demons and make them all just go away. That could happen. But you know you gotta kinda know what the hell's going on. So that's not really a truth. It's not really a reality. So you know, I mean that's that's where things go awry. Now, when you start off like that and you're married and, and I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. But through my time living in that home, I I got some stuff, right? I got I got some stuff. So I gotta find my list now because the list is important. And I'm going to read off the list, but what I am going to do is I'm going to write it down up here, okay? So we're going to see what stuff I have before I even meet my Prince Charming, and we'll see how dysfunctional I'm already at before my true love comes in the picture, and I'm going to ride away on the horse. All right, so hang on. i got to find it. All right. Cheers. Now, if you're interested in astrology, <clears throat> number one, I'm a Capricorn. Cap, are corn. I'm not a very good speller, so you know. So Capricorn, well, it's in small. We'll get at it bigger later, I'll redo it. So when you're born a Capricorn, you're hardworking, you're loyal, you're tough, you're strong, you toe the line, we're goats, right? We go up the mountains and it's not easy. And that's kind of weird, because I'm Swiss. <laughs> Anyway, so you go up the mountains and you got to be strong, sturdy, and toe the line to be a goat. That's, that's where I am. Plus, I'm a Thursday's child. Thursday. And that's just astrology. Okay, this pen is no good. I'm going to use this one. All right. <clears throat> so when I was young, my mama had gone through a lot of trauma. And so she kind of became like a smother mother which is okay, because I still love her, it's fine. But you know, you couldn't do a lot without her hovering over, making sure you were okay. Um, And then later on, when I started to learn some stuff about my mama and my mom being who she is, I started to become codependent. And I'm gonna touch on all these things throughout the show, but at this point, codependent is kind of like a people pleaser, okay? But they're separate, but they're not. And it's kind of dysfunctional because I don't have the paperwork in front of me. No, I've been doing a lot of research since I started this show because I understand what I need to do to get past and through the shit that I've gone through to get to this place. But now I've got to kind of explain to you, well, what does codependent mean? What does enabler mean? What does this mean? What does that mean? Which means I'm now delving harder into these subjects, which means I'm now learning even more even more about what and who and how. And so I'm going through it with you. So we're learning together. Okay, so we got, we got the, the astrology part, which is just, you know, astrology. But because my mom and I had this close bondness, we, be, we did become co-dependent. And I did become an enabler. Now these two things, even though in our hearts when we're doing these, we think we're doing good, it's not. It's just keeping the system the way it is. It's not getting out of the situation. It's doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result. No one's getting better. I'm still trying to give you love and support and you're still trying to suck off me. And together I feel good because I'm helping you and you're feeling great because I'm helping you. (laughs) And neither one of us are, are giving each other what we need. So, the codependent, the enabler. My mom and I were trauma bonded because my dad was a little narcissistic and he would be a little off his rocker once in a while. I remember being yelled at for hours because I left a pan in the sink because we had side bacon and I couldn't scrape it off. I had to soak it for a while. Hours. it was a little weird. I didn't know, but that's all I knew. So, you know, okay. So trauma bonded, mom and I, because we're living under the same roof. She's had a lot more trauma. I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to get it. I feel it, I got it. Um, I had extreme anxiety. Oh, extreme, extreme anxiety. And this is where I really suck is my spelling. So please, I don't care. It is what it is. Forgive me. Like I said, I'm not uh, an osteologist or a doctor or a smart guy. I'm smart. I'm just not technical smart, okay? All right, all right. Don't put yourself down. It's not good. I did that, I just changed it. Do you see that? don't do that. All right. Now, because I lived in this weird situation, I started to become a little as my sister says because she also hyper sensitive and hyper vigilant, okay? So so this is like when you walk in a room, you're like What's going on? I can feel shit. Oh, something's happening over there. So now you want to go over there and you want to fix it because you're vigilant, right? You're hyper vigilant and, and, and you're hypersensitive. So everything around you is making your body fucking bleh. And that's a whole nother thing, and I'll talk to you about that in a minute. That's something else. But my sister and I share. Probably all three sisters share in some way. Okay, so then next comes. Every mother does this very well. Guilt, but I was raised in a Catholic house, a Catholic school and a Catholic church. Okay, so you got Catholic guilt, which is heavy. <laughs> I used to think I was gonna go to hell for everything. Cause if you disobey God, you're going to hell. I lost my job, Jack. You know what I mean? So when you know, I was a kid, I was very afraid of going to hell. So I just wanted to do good, and be the, that, the best me I could be, so I wouldn't go to hell. Because we don't want to go. We don't want to go to hell. Okay. <coughs> ah, 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 ah. Neighbors are home. Whiskey's getting excited. So a lot of times, this would make me feel. By the time I was 16, I was pretty high strung. Okay, like I was extremely high strong. And I was like, well, I'll explain it. When my dad would yell for me, Hide me! I would become this, Sylvester the freaking cat. And I wouldn't come down until he'd leave the room. And then when he would leave and I now am calm enough to catch my breath, I would go and vomit it wasn't good i felt so all of this i felt so all of this <laughs> and and i mean this isn't i'm um, okay i'm just looking at my list here it's just yeah i'm sorry i got to turn page <laughs> <laughs> you know and and it's this point here is when i look back and i think it wasn't until i was 37 that I was aware that all my life I have had an overactive thyroid. Now, an overactive thyroid does a lot of things to a person, okay? Like, I had no idea because this is the norm for me. Remember, I'm all these things. I feel all this stuff all the time. the guilt, the shame, the the hyperness, the the I'm scared, the Sylvester, the cat feeling. The, so I got to support my mom to the point because we're trauma bonded. Like it's so much responsibility and I'm not even like 16 yet. You know what I mean? Just all this. I was so skinny one minute because of the overactive thyroid. And, and three weeks later, I'm back up to 125 pounds. I'm 92, I'm 125, I'm in a size 17 kids, I'm up to a size 32 waist. I mean, it was very um, expensive. I had to buy a lot of clothes. The skinny ones, fat ones, I'm gonna just like go in between and it was, it was very frustrating and, and very annoying. And I just couldn't, I had such a hard time because how do you get all that? Ugh, I haven't even met I haven't even turned 18 yet. I haven't even lost my virginity. I haven't met my bride Prince yet. I haven't even had a kiss yet. Like, and this is all going on. All right. So now we're kind of getting to some uh, juicier stuff. Yeah. If you thought it was like, oh my gosh, just wait. Now you're wobbling around. I hope you don't fall down. I bought this at Toy Sense. I'm so excited. I was thinking about buying a whiteboard and trying to do my shit on that, but with this, I got a whiteboard. I got a magnet holder, which is way too small, so I have to actually write on it, and that's fine. And then on the back side, I have a chalkboard, and here I can hold all my tools. Very cool. If I would have got a really big, because my, remember, my apartment is small, if I had gotten a big uh, whiteboard, I'd have to have it on wheels so I can roll it around and put it somewhere. This is a child's toy and the magnets. Between the two, it was only $187. I was looking at 400 in big people shit. And uh, it fits on the table. I don't, it's not too high. It's good. I like it. I like it a lot. Anyway, so I hadn't even been kissed. I'm like 16 and this is all going on. So at this point, my mama says, you gotta get the hell out of the house. I'm kicking you out because this isn't a healthy place for you, you need to leave. I was like, Oh, Oh, I'm still in high school. Okay. I'm in high school. I'm working at the Cripple Crow. Uh, when I'm not working at the Cripple Crow, I'm at my house because I got to take care of the kids. Cause we had Janice. Janice is like about eight, seven, and they had Tara because they were trying to save the marriage. So they sold the house in the East end, they buy a new house in, in Northwood and we all get to pick our colors. It was great. Being a kid was great. I got, there were some good times. Okay. But now it's too much. We got a business, a new kid, a new home, that's another mortgage. Oh my gosh, if it's get like if I knew shit then I'd be like really stressed. But I didn't know. So it's okay. Thank God. Anyway, so um Mom's kicking me out. Get out, get out, get out. So I move out and I move in with one of my aunts and then I move by myself, but then I don't and then I end up running away to BC for a while. Like it was like a whole bunch of shit, right? Um but uh, wait there's more. The thing that really kinda skyrocketed and Cracker Jack opened, and this is where it gets real juicy. You gotta pay attention though, okay? You gotta pay attention. All right. So my mom and dad, B and L uh, I should make that bigger, eh? Okay, here we go. B and L so they they uh were married for a long time They're my mama and my uh and my dad oh crap anyway um they hung out with uh mama's mama's brother larry and his wife wendy and they were all very tight they bowled together they went dancing together they would come home and everybody was happy and shared stuff picnics all kinds of shit i remember lots of good stuff so we all loved each other and um mama had left dad i guess for the last time and I moved in with dad and I just turned 18 and I hadn't lost my virginity that yet. So <laughs> we had a deal cause dad needed to move on from mom. When they st- separated the last few times, it wasn't good. It was all just bad. And I don't want to talk about that today cause I'm already running late. So I want to just get this last story in and I will let you go. You can ponder on that for a while. So, um, okay. Okay. So they were friends forever because well, Mum and, and uncle Larry were brother and sister. And my dad and I had this this system. So if it looked like dad had company, I would flash my lights, honk the horn, ring the doorbell before I came in. In case he's having some relations. And the same would go for dad because I'm now 18 and the possibility is there. So we agreed one so night I had to come home I'm getting some money for going to the show with my boyfriend and I see my aunt's car and I see my dad's car and it's dark in the house and I felt uneasy and I honked the horn flashed the lights and rang the doorbell and walked in and when I looked up there was my aunt in my house coat and my dad was following up right behind her doing up his pants and I was like hi, I just came to get some money. So I got my money. got the fuck out of there. So when I got home, my dad says, Heidi, she said she loves me. Now I'll tell you what, in the last years that I lived at the house, every time my dad said to my mom, I love you, Bee," she's saying, that's nice, Al. (laughs) So when I heard that, I understood. And he's my dad she's my aunt. And I got nothing right now. I'm like just still baffled, blown over, freaked the fuck out. So Wendy, after a couple of days, decides she's going to end it with Larry. Okay? So now Larry, being my dad's best friend, Uncle Larry moves in with my dad. Now my mom's out of the picture. She's down here living her good life. And when he's in the house, okay? So Uncle Larry moves in with my dad and, and, and me, or I, or whatever the hell it is. And uh, he doesn't know, Uncle Larry doesn't know nothing, but I know. And my dad gets up and I know what the deal is. Dad gets up and he's gone, I know where he's gone. And it's my job now to stay there and be dutiful until Uncle Larry leaves the house That's when I would call Dad and say, get the hell out of the house, because he's at Wendy's. So I'm an accomplice to this triage of crap. So I'm like, "Oh, anyway, um, I guess Uncle Larry finds out. I don't know how long it was. It's it's a long time ago, and I try not to think about it all the time. So, um, yeah. I come home, and I'm a little happy, and Uncle Larry's in the dark with candles, playing solitaire. I could see the bottle. I could see the bag of pot. Oh, because, you know, my dad smoked pot. That's a whole, that's fine. Anyway, anyway, so Uncle Larry, so he's smoking his pot. He's got a little bag of pills there, too, okay, which I wasn't feeling very good about. And uh, he says, hey. I said, yeah. He says, you got somewhere to go tonight? And I said, sure, why, what's up? And uh, he reached into the couch under the cushion and pulled out a little handgun. I said, all right, man, I'm out. Have a good night, stay, stay good, and uh, don't take those pills. And I just walked off. Told my dad, don't go home. He knows, don't go home. My uncle did find my dad in a back alley and he had quarters in his hand, the roll of quarters, and my dad got a good beating, which he deserved. And then my ne- uncle never talked to my dad again. I think out of everything that's the that's the hugest thing for my dad the biggest heartbreak for my dad was the fact that he lost uncle Larry as a friend so yeah and that that whole story is huge because it goes back and forth a lot all over the place which isn't really necessary to talk about at this time this is just my thing now later on in life a little bit you know like six months after I was told by uncle Larry that your shit Shit. You shit, you were, you, were, you were wrong. You should have told me what was going on. And, and I've been told now, I'm shit a couple of times in my life, okay? A couple of times and by different people, about whatever. But I'm, a, I'm affiliated to this, this and this, therefore you're shit. And shit don't fall far from the tree. So you know, when you, when you're told shit when you're a kid, you believe it. My dad told me I was stupid. And people told me I was shit so I believed I was stupid and I was shit for a long time. Also, too, my dad called me stupid and, and a turkey and a moron. And uh, what else was there? Oh, all kinds of things. Told me not to think. Well, Dad, I thought I would don't think. I didn't ask you to think. Just do what I told you. Okay. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of negativity. When you take in that negativity and that's all you get, there's it's a poker chip thing. My kid showed me this thing on poker chips and, and how that... Relates to children when you send them off into the world, they need enough encouragement and confidence, and that's called poker chips. But if they don't have any, you got to find a way to give it to them so that they can go in the world and be full of poker chips and get the job done. But look it up poker chips sound good, good stuff. Poker chips, I can't remember, I'll find it for you. I'll tell you next week, anyway. Um, that all of that I don't even know what to write on the board for that, right? On the list for that. So that's what I went through. And that's you know the time when my husband came in. I'm gonna tell you a little bit of a background on my husband. I don't know a lot because he never really told a lot. I talked to his sister a little bit here and there. So I kind of got a grasp, but it's not for me to say on somebody else, right? But it's just what I believe at this point. You know, when you get married and you're in the Catholic Division, or maybe even the Protestant. I know a lot of them want you to go see a priest before you get married. I don't believe in that. I believe you should go see a psych. So psych, not a psychologist. That's it. A like One of them. It's just the psychologist. You you should go see a psychologist just to understand yourself, okay? And then you'll understand what you need to be loved because you've gone through all these things. Now you understand that you have all this stuff. And what you need to do is, is deal with it. But in the meantime, you still need the proper guidance, support and love while you're doing that. So think about that because that is a very big, this all stuff is very big to getting to happiness. You gotta get to the roots of your shit. So we're gonna touch on this kind of stuff as we go through to the rest of the world of happiness. But now I'm gonna let you go. Before I do go, I'm gonna ask you a few questions. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? I look like my dad, show my dad. <laughs> I'm not excited about that, but it's okay. Um, look at yourself, see where you're at, feel it. Be real, look at it because you're, you need to. That's how you get to know and love yourself, okay? Remember, gotta love yourself first. Did you do a good deed this week? At least one? That's all I'm asking. All right, guys. Mama, I love ya, Carol Burnett. Kisses, everyone. We're going to see you soon. I hope you enjoyed this. Let me know what you think. Hey, also, I keep forgetting to tell you. Please share, subscribe. Uh, Give me a like, give me a down. Tell me what you feel. If I'm hitting something you want to talk about, let me know. Enjoy your day.